When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of What the Heck is Crypto? This Friday, what happens when Ethereum Classic surges 250% in July as the Ethereum 2.0 merge date draws closer? Will Smith, Meryl Streep, David Strathairn, and introducing Super Jew Adam Ray in Surge, not the soft drink, the crypto incident. Hey guys, if that didn't suck you in, I don't know what will. That's what she said. Now, today's episode is a doozy. It's a dandy. It's a handy. And speaking of handies, my man Steven is here to break down why um, the Ethereum Classic surged 250% um, as the merge date draws closer. Steven, how are you? I'm doing great, Adam. How are you doing? Not bad. Don't understand this. First of all, uh, merge date. What merge date are we speaking of and why uh, is that so important to this uh, 250% surge? Ah, well, the, the merge date we're speaking of is the Ethereum merge, the uh, switchover of Ethereum from a proof of work chain to a proof of stake chain. This is gotcha. the biggest event in crypto right now. Everybody's got all their eyes on it. Uh, Ethereum's been going pretty crazy. As we talked about in previous episodes, went off, uh, went up a hundred percent off the bottom in just a few weeks. Uh, but as you mentioned, uh, Ethereum Classic has been the big mm. winner in the last mm. few weeks, two hundred and fifty percent gain. Uh, you, you're probably sitting over here thinking, "What, what the heck is Ethereum Classic?" Uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a, I am, bit of a, bit of a weird thing. Yeah. So, uh, I, I guess a little crypto history for you. Let me take you back to. Uh, 2016, I believe it was, uh, Ethereum had just rolled out the, uh, the DAO, the decentralized autonomous organization. It was a, it was a big deal back in the day. And, uh, without boring you with too many details, uh, somebody made an oopsie in the code and some guy hacked it for, uh, $150 million and, and, and drained a lot of money. And in, uh, 2016 Ethereum world, uh, $150 million was uh, an incredible amount of funds. It's still a lot today, but in 2016, that was a, that was a lot of money. So a big, uh, a big crisis happened. Uh, a lot of people in the community were like, mm, we, we can't blow up the entire blockchain over this. Uh, let's just roll back the chain. Let's just kind of hit the undo button and go back in time and pretend that didn't happen. And then a bunch of the other people in the community were like, uh, you, you, you can't do that, man. That's kind of the kind of defeats the whole purpose of this crypto thing. You know, we're supposed mm -hmm. to be uh, immutable money on the blockchain that people can't change. And, and uh, th this was a huge debate. Uh, and eventually, most of the community decided to fork Ethereum. 
and the blockchain effectively split into two. So you had these two realities. There was this one reality where all this money got stolen, Ethereum Classic, and there was another reality where, oh, oh we rewound and uh, we just we went forward from the day before all the money got stolen. And uh, ever since that day, there's been two chains. There's been Ethereum and there's been Ethereum Classic. And it looks like the, the fork was the right decision in the end because Ethereum Classic went, uh, went on to kind of do nothing for, for forever. Uh, it was a bit of a ghost chain. And, and Ethereum has you know, become the second largest uh, mm. chain in all of, all, all of crypto. Um, but this, this is like a narrative that, that reemerged lately because um, originally it was, it was just kind of meaning that you get Ethereum, Ethereum Classic. They both kind of do the same thing, except there's all the stuff on Ethereum. There's nothing on Ethereum Classic. But now with the merge, Ethereum's going to be proof of stake Ethereum Classic's going to be proof of work. And now there's this actual kind of difference between uh, the chains at a, at a fundamental level. And that's, that's kind of what everybody's been talking about lately. Now, uh, when you say Ethereum Classic versus Ethereum uh, 2.0, will you, again, just clarify that uh, for me? Is it like 2% and non-fat? Or like, what is the... <laughs> <laughs> is it like wearing a, a condom and not like what is it just two different feelings this this is like one of the weird things in crypto right is that anybody can sort of take a snapshot of a blockchain and clone it somewhere else or like the, the you, you can have the chain of blocks moving along and if at one point the people mining the chain have a disagreement about what the real chain is well the chain can literally split into two at that point so the chain is the same. All the transactions are the same going up until that block. And then there's some sort of disagreement with the people in the network about what the quote unquote real chain is. They can't come to an agreement. And so the chain splits. The same thing happened with Bitcoin back in 2017. There was a big disagreement about whether we should scale block, uh, Bitcoin by making the block size bigger. Um, this was like a huge debate within the community. Um, the the, 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 there was like a war that went out and like the, 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 people weren't able to come to an agreement about what changes to make to Bitcoin. So it's split into two different Bitcoins. You ended up with the Bitcoin we know today and mm -hmm. Bitcoin Cash. Now, Bitcoin Cash sense has basically gone almost to zero, right? But there was a point in time where people thought Bitcoin Cash might end up being the legitimate Bitcoin and the original Bitcoin might kind of fade out of existence. This is, this is something we don't have in the real world, right? Like nobody forks Apple stock and you, you right. suddenly have two apples. It's just not a thing. So it's a little weird to wrap your head around. But, but this does happen all the time in crypto. Okay. So um, as the merge date draws closer, um, there's some stuff that's going on that we should probably discuss. The coin rapidly uh, shot up from a summer low. You know, it was kind of just doing its thing, having a fling. <laughs> at 1277 and then uh you know things got a little more serious and it shot up to a high of over 44 dollars uh, making it one of the largest gainers in all of crypto what causes something like that to just all of a sudden have a uh, a summer breakout series yeah so so what you got to understand about proof of work right versus proof of stake a proof of work coin has miners. There are these people okay. with these computers and the computers are just running calculations and they do this to secure the blockchain and then they get coins as a reward. Proof of stake completely gets rid of this. This is why a lot of chains have just gone over to proof of stake. Uh, 
for, for one thing, like the, the main narrative, it's a lot more energy efficient, right? It's like Bitcoin burns as much electricity as like a small country uh, doing this mining thing. So it's kind of kind of hard to get the public to get behind that in the, the, the current environment, right? So when ETH is going to the merge, right? When ETH is transferring from a proof of work to proof of stake chain, what that means is all of these miners who've been mining Ethereum for years, like they've got these giant warehouses full of graphics cards, they're printing money, like almost quite literally mining. When the merge happens, all of these guys, they're done. They can't, they can't mine Ethereum anymore. It's gone. So there's a huge financial incentive for all of these people who have like all these businesses set up to mine, to, to have something to, to mine, right? So I think what's happened is like this gigantic mining interest has gone like, mm, can't mine Ethereum anymore. Let's go back to this Ethereum Classic thing and let's like really hype up a narrative around it. Like, ooh, Ethereum Classic. It's like the original Ethereum and, and uh, you, you got to buy it, right? So all this buzz has kind of gone to it. All the miners are going to move over to it. So I think you've seen this kind of temporary surge in price as a result of that narrative. Okay. So if Ethereum Classic is um the opener in a uh in a concert or are they the headliner <laughs> uh i don't think they're even at the show honestly i think ethereum classic is like a kid who just bought a guitar he's like 11 and he's in his room trying to trying to play some songs still but he's he's gotcha. probably not gonna make it you know he's probably not gonna gotcha. be the next prince well not with that attitude but <laughs> um all right so back in 2016 um which was one of my favorite years I don't know. What were you doing in 2016? Were you wearing a chain wallet? <laughs> you strike question. me as someone that was getting real hard back into dashboard confessional, going to zoomies.com, hot topic, and just <laughs> stocking up on all sorts of like fun catchphrase t-shirts. That was, I mean, that was maybe like 2001 for me. Gotcha. Well, there was a <laughs> 2016. Yeah. That was like, I don't know. Like potato <laughs> like salad was big <laughs> and like, yeah, that was like six years ago. What else was happening? I think Avril Lavigne was making a comeback and I don't know. Anal was becoming popular. All right. So there was a decentralized <laughs> uh, autonomous organization, uh, DAO for short, that launched on the uh, ETH blockchain, but they were hacked because they had mistakes in their code base, Yep, which um, happens, I guess. Everyone gets <laughs> hacked. My Facebook gets hacked. I feel like twice a month and I get some Saudi prince telling me that thank you for, you know, for the sweet 16 birthday party. 150 million uh, in funds were drained yep. from the hack, which I feel like is pretty substantial. And uh, blockchain was, was, uh, was forced to restore these funds, but, but not all agreed. Thus, the original chain remained as ETH. And it was, uh, I guess, just a big controversy. How does, I have a lot of questions. How does a, um, how does a hack, uh, is it almost like, you know, these hacks happen the bigger uh, the company, the, the more opportunity for, for hackers to, to go after them. How, uh, why wasn't all the funds restored? Yeah, so why, I mean, uh, yeah. Ethereum's a weird thing, right? The, the whole point of Ethereum's existence was the creation of these things called smart contracts, right? The idea that like Bitcoin is sort of digital money, right? But Ethereum is like digital programmable money, right? Like, so Bitcoin, you send it to me, I send it to you, but you know, we have to, we have to engage in that sort of transaction. So Ethereum added additional functionality on top of Bitcoin that allowed us to sort of like 
do like programmatic loans, for example, like say uh, you wanted to use your coins to, to take out a loan and I was willing to lend you my coins, right? Um, we could write it in code that like, if you don't pay me back, your coins automatically go, but oh, go to me. Like we don't have to, I don't have to send you anything, right? So that type of functionality is really cool because it enables us to build all these applications that we can't build on Bitcoin. Uh, the, the downside of this is that like when you make a mistake in a smart contract code on Ethereum and somebody exploits it and takes all the money, it's, it's not like you can call a credit card company and be like, oh, my card was stolen. Can you, can you send the money back to my bank? There's, there's nobody to call. It's just, it's just code, right? So it's, it's kind of this like really cool and amazing thing. But also when it goes bad, it's, you, you, it, you're, you're screwed basically. Yeah, well. That's, I guess that's just, you know, that's what happens when you, uh, when you're a big dog. Um, why is Ethereum classic? Um, <laughs> why is it pumping so hard now? Because the miners, the miners, are, they're, they're shilling it. They want a place to go. They want a place to go and use their computer chips after Ethereum moves to proof of stake. They get all this equipment. They're not going to just let it rot and die. There's a huge financial incentive for these guys to move over to something else and mine. But if they mine a coin that's worth zero, they don't make any money, right? So, so the play is you, you pump the price of the new thing up, you move all your stuff there, you tell everybody it's the next hot thing, this new Ethereum's trash by the Ethereum Classic, and then you get to go back to mining your coins and, and, and printing money again. And I, I, mm. I suspect this will work for a little bit, but you know, not, not for too long. So ETC had um, a you know little reason to exit before, and uh, and basically a clone of of uh, ETH, uh, but with all the brain power and applications left for the uh, ETH fork. Now ETH moves to uh, POS. The miners leave ETH. I mean, what's what can be viewed uh, as a proof of work version of ETH with uh, with this difference between ETC and ETH? Yeah, ET, I mean, ETC is a proof of work version of ETH, right? Right. Well, like, well, right now they're like sort of this, this is why it's confusing. Like right now they're sort of the same thing. They just split into different parts a long time ago, right? But like after the merge, right, they become, they become very different. They have a different consensus mechanism, right? Like proof of work, proof of stake. Um, Ethereum is going to be proof of stake. Ethereum classic, proof of work. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I feel like we needed some sort of like that. That should have been where we cut to commercial. Support for what the heck is crypto is brought to you by Manscaped. Oh my goodness. I have balls and a wiener and there's uh there's some stuff down there that needs to be trimmed and whimmed. And if you're like me, you want the best in below-the-waist grooming for men, okay? And Manscaped is the place to go. It's a one-stop shop. All their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, meaning your balls. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Over 6 million men worldwide and counting uh, trust Manscaped with an exclusive offer that I'm going to get to you in just a moment. But let me tell you about why I love these guys, okay? I've been using them for years. My buddy Kyle... Uh, really has uh, helped me just uh, live a better, cleaner, trimmer, <laughs> slimmer life. Uh, and, uh, and she'll like it too. And she does. The Performance Package 4.0 
is my main jam. It arrived, and man, it made a big splash on the scene. Uh, it's a game changer, literally. It's a, uh, it's a size changer. It's a clean changer. You feel better, you look better, and you live better. Because inside this package, you find your own set of tools uh, to help start your day and close your night down the right way. There's the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Trimmer, which, fellas, as we get older, hair starts popping up in places that you're like, fuck that. So you need something to, uh, to clean it up, and those things work uh, just indubitably. Uh, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, and Performance Boxer Briefs, which fit uh, snug and tug, and they're cool. They got an easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl type feeling for your balls. And a travel bag to hold your goodies all comes when you get your Manscaped package. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, which we've all been there. You don't want to have to go to the hospital and be like, I cut my balls trying to shave my balls. So you use uh, the advanced skin-safe technology that the Lawnmower 4.0 provides. It's also waterproof, also has a 400K LED spotlight if you need a more precise shave in the dark. Who does that, though? But it's got it. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof, like I said. Helps reduce nicks, nags, snags, tugs, dugs, and all those delicate nose holes. It's time to take care of yourself, and if you want to do that the right way, go to manscaped.com with the code CRYPTO20 and get 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code CRYPTO20. Do it for your balls. They'll thank you later. So for our listeners that are trying to get, uh, you know, buying advice, do you think Ethereum Classic as an investment is um is even something to be considering uh i i don't i think it's got virtually no chance of being worth anything 10 20 years from now it honestly bothers me that like coinbase kind of has it up there because if you're a you're like a new person you go oh i'm gonna buy some ethereum and you just see ethereum Mm. ethereum classic you're like oh it's ethereum classic way cheaper than the ethereum i should buy that um you don't know that it's it's like an entirely different uh thing um I think that all of the, there's more to a blockchain than the code underneath it, right? And this is especially true with Ethereum. What, what makes Ethereum special is like the social layer. It's all the people who are underneath it, the developers, all of that collective brain power, right? That is not something you can fork. That's not something you can copy over to another chain. Um, Ethereum. Ethereum 2.0, proof of stake Ethereum, whatever you want to call it after the merge, that's going to keep having all of the developers, all of the brain power, the whole social layer under it. And Ethereum Classic is not going to have that. And it honestly probably will will never have that. So, you know, I, I think you get the worst of both worlds with Ethereum Classic. Like, I think if you want like a really hardcore crypto that is just like immune from the whims of humans doing stuff to change it, then you, you buy Bitcoin. And I think if you want like programmable money and you want to follow that narrative, then you, you buy, you buy Ethereum, you buy Ethereum 2.0, you buy Ethereum, proof of stake Ethereum, whatever you want to call it. You want to buy the Ethereum that everybody knows today. Ethereum classic is this kind of thing hanging out in the middle of those two worlds. Doesn't make any sense to me. I think it's uh, I think it's dead on arrival. I think it's worth nothing in 10, 20 years and don't don't have it in your portfolio. Uh, the end. Kind of like my comedy. 10 to 20 years. Worthless. Um, 
I'm sure it'll is, I'm sure it'll age just uh just just like a fine wine. Like a you fine sound wine. like my mom. Yeah. Well, well, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> you and my mom have a lot of similarities. Same bra size, same uh same just glass half full um outlook. <laughs> she also uh is in, just as inquisitive as I am when I hear things like programmable money. What you just toss around these terms like I fucking get it. What is programmable <laughs> money, Stephen? Slow down. What is that? What are you referring to when you say that? Uh, I, I mean, uh, so if you have a dollar and you want to give me a dollar in the real world, what, what do you have to do? I need you to hand me the dollar, right? Um, if I want to borrow money from you, we want to enter into some sort of like lending agreement, right? Yeah. Well, we need to put something in between us. We need like a third party, like a bank to facilitate it, or we need to write up some sort of contract and then like have the, the legal structure of the country or wherever we are sort of enforce that, right? But there's not really any world where like I can lend you money and just know that it comes back to me, right? Like right, it, right. I, we either need, I either need to trust you or I need yep. to trust like the structure of society or institutions, right? Yep. Yep. In crypto world now, we don't we don't have to do that. Like we can enter into a loan agreement where I lend you money and you either pay me the money back voluntarily or the money just comes back to me automatically via code. Because with something like Ethereum, right, you have money, but you also have you also have the ability to, to do code on top of the money, right? So you can literally write in code that the money is yours until you don't pay it back. And if you don't pay me back, right? Like say like a particular date comes and you haven't returned the money and you posted like collateral, right? That's just mine now. Just It just programmably, programmatically just goes into my wallet and I now own it. And I didn't need a bank to help enforce it. I didn't need... Uh, the courts to help enforce it. It's just like you and I can just engage in these transactions. We don't have to trust each other at all. We just have to trust the code. The code is the law. And this is like an innovation that's never existed before until the recent decade. It's pretty cool. Um, I'm a big fan of it, obviously. Uh, Does that make sense? The first rule of code club, (laughs) don't talk about code club and you broke it. You broke the code, but shit. No, there's, there's, um, there's pieces to that I get. There's pieces to that I don't get, but I have more questions. But I'm going to put a pin in that for now because, um, you know, like I said, when things that I recognize make sense in this space, I get more excited. As, uh, as my Twitter followers know, I'm a big fan of Tiffany's. I'm a big <laughs> luxury jewelry guy from purses to cock rings to, uh, to um, handbags to... Uh, there's a luxury jewelry brand, <laughs> Tiffany and Company, has announced, this is what I'm getting at, has announced the sale. Get ready. Are you sitting down? 250 diamond and gemstone encrusted pendants for CryptoPunk NFT holders. Now, what does this mean? The handcrafted CryptoPunk pendants were announced by the jewelry brand on Sunday on Twitter and are priced at 30 ETH equivalent to $50,600 each at the time of writing. Steven, what do you think about this for Tiffany's? Yay, nay, 
follow up the NFT space. Partnering with Tiffany's, good move, mm. bad move. I think for Tiffany's, it's a great move. I think yeah. for Tiffany's, it's a, it's a really press. savvy move. Um, it's great from a PR perspective, obviously, but they're, they're also doing it in a uh, tasteful way. Uh, I, w- I would contrast this to what happened a couple of days ago, which is um, the, the Board Ape Yacht Cub partnered with uh, Gucci. But it was just kind of like Gucci's like, yeah, you can buy Gucci stuff using this ape coin thing now that obvi- like nobody's going to go into a Gucci store with, with ape coin and, and, and buy, you know, a bag. It's just, it's just a weird kind of promo thing. But this this is nice. This is this is tasteful. I like this. And, uh, you know, Tiffany's obviously a longstanding high end uh, jewelry brand. And yeah. they could have easily like really messed this up by going and partnering with some stupid project that's going to like age really terribly. Right. If you're Tiffany's, you don't want to be like the first NFT you partner with like uh, the, the board ape yacht club or something. And then like 10 years from now, people look back and they're like, the hell are these monkey things? And why did, why did Tiffany's, <laughs> what, what are you, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. This so, seems like off brand for them. Yeah. So punks are like the OGs, right? Punks are the, the most premium, NFTs, right? And if you want to talk about NFTs, it's kind of like the the, the picture ones with the little guys that people put on their uh, Twitter profile, right? Like this is the 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 absolute pinnacle of uh, NFTs. So good choice by Tiffany's, in my opinion. Good synergy. Uh, I think the CEO of Tiffany's was his name, Alex, or I, I can't remember his name, uh, but like he's he's had a he's had a CryptoPunk as his Twitter uh, profile pic for a while. So he's a mm. he's a savvy guy knows what's up. Do you think you'll be buying a pendant for your CryptoPunk? You know, I, I would really like to because I, I, I kind of think they are going to be worth a lot at some point. I just, I don't even wear a watch, you know, and the, the idea of dropping fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 on a little mm. diamond encrusted pixel guy and then walking around with it is just kind of, <laughs> it's not, not yeah. really my vibe, but I, I feel like the people who, who do buy it will, will do quite, quite funny. We'll get good well. use out of it. Yeah. The NFT, I've seen more and more NFTs. I just, I think I just saw uh, when I was on the, the plane flying near to Boston um, yesterday that about um, Brian Kenny, this uh, ESPN uh, uh, broadcaster was talking about, he's like, you can now own this highlight as an NFT. It was like a walk off home <laughs> run from a San Diego Padre. And I got to be honest, man, I don't get it. I just was like, he was like, you can now own this highlight. I was like, I just fucking watched it for free. <laughs> Like, why would I want to own that? Like, I, I still, I guess this is a larger question, but like, I wanted to bring that up because he brought it up as it was like, it, they took time out of the show to now like, you know, make sure people know that this is an option, but I'm just like, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's, it's what it, it's maybe I don't have enough interest or stake or uh, investment in this world to know why that me- might be something that I would want to add to my, uh, my catalog of of purchases, but I, I don't know. I was like, I don't like highlights. I it's like water and parking. I think should be, should be free. The fact that we have to pay for either is fucking bonkers to me. But so same thing now when I'm looking like a highlight, like, I don't know if it's like, if you and I chest bumped through zoom, is that an NFT? Does somebody want to own that? And if they do fucking all right, perv, <laughs> get an I mean, OnlyFans account. Look I, at some I feet. Mean, it, Anything could be an NFT. The question is like, 
going to be a valuable NFT? Right. And the answer right. is usually no to that question. Like right. any of you who want to make an NFT, you're like, you know, probably nobody wants it, but that's kind of like, it's kind of the art world in general, right? Like how many people make things that people actually really want to pay tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars for? Not, not that many. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's like some people wrap their head around this really quickly and they're like, oh my God, I get it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. some people are like, I don't, I don't get this at all. Um, yeah. And there's a third class of people that thinks they get it, but they, they don't really get it. And they just, they kind of get scammed and lose all their money. So there is some benefits to being a skeptic like you are. I think, um, I think if I was to define like, what is making that, like, do you, do you ever buy like trading cards? Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, why, why buy a trading card? Why not just go buy a picture of Ken Griffey Jr.? You know? Uh, probably did both. Bought his candy bar too. And <laughs> it was definitely a collector's item. Here's how fat of a kid I was. I held onto that candy bar for like probably a year. And then just one day I was so hungry. I was like, fuck it. And I just wharfed that bar. You could probably find them now still somewhere, but I don't know. Some things are discontinued. You think everything's, you know, findable on YouTube or Amazon, but some stuff just straight up doesn't exist anymore. And I don't think these Griffey candy bars are still around, but I digress. Um, <laughs> I want to say that 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 the Tiffany move is like will pave the way for other you know uh, companies uh, like that to um, to to start making a, a splash. I mean, look, Biggie Smalls is on the blockchain, releasing uh, its first collaboration with uh, one of is is the uh, NFT marketplace. One of is a big. Um, they're they're what 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 are they? Their thing is what? They're, they're a marketplace on a blockchain called uh, Tezos. Right. And kind of existed for a while under this. Oh, we're, have, you, have you heard people talking about how NFTs are like bad for the environment? Have you, have you gotten that far yet? Or like there's a lot of people who hate NFTs because they're killing the earth. Uh, don't know those people. Yeah. Well, this, I like mean, this, this is a thing on some, you know, depths of Twitter that you, you, you probably don't interact with. These, but it's, yeah, they sound like people that are also like, uh, birds aren't real. <laughs> You've heard about that movement, right? Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? There's just, I'm sorry. There's certain things where I'm just like hard line <laughs> in the sand. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, you don't believe in global warming. You don't believe that birds are real. You fucking think <laughs> that you think that, um, <laughs> you think that Tom Hanks drinks children's blood and, and fuck, you know, just uh, there's there's just a handful of things you think two rolls one cup is a cinematic treasure. There's just too many things that that uh, I go. There's this side and there's that side. Um, okay, so also if you um, if you think uh, if you think uh, Airbud Golden Re Receiver or Golden Retriever is the best of the Airbuds, no, it's Golden, it was golden Receiver. You had it, right? Golden Receiver, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely not that one. It's definitely the uh, it's definitely the soccer one or the baseball one, which I think were just more football. You're like, yeah, you can get your fucking football in his mouth. Like running the bases and like knowing the rules of baseball, hitting the ball, much tougher. <laughs> um, <laughs> by the way, tune into my, uh, my, my branch off podcast where I break down every air. Button <laughs> well, so, so one of is doing this uh, Biggie Smalls uh, collab with a rap legend's estate, each edition of the sky's the limit, uh, 
uh, generative profile picture collab grants its holders voting rights over the distribution of a previously unlicensed Notorious B.I.G. freestyle. Artists can sample the freestyle in their own music with the approval and oversight of the collective and estate, according to a press release. Stephen, there have been thousands of NFT profile picture projects released um, uh, up to this, uh, this juncture. What's so fucking special about this one? And I love me some, uh, some B.I.G. So what's, mm. what's, what's the deal here? Yeah, I mean, this kind of ties into what you were asking about earlier, which is like, well, why, why do I care about this highlight, right? Right. When I can just, I can get it. Why do I care about this picture when I can just get it? Yep. Um, there's an important thing, it turns out, in, in NFTs and in art in general. It's, it's, it's this concept called like a legitimacy, right? Uh, like we saw, I, I think a good example of this was uh, when we, we, were, we were selling memes on the, on the blockchain in the last uh, NFT hype cycle, right? That was like a thing. People were like, oh, oh we sell some memes. And what, do, do, you, do you remember the, do you remember the meme with the, the Pop-Tart cat where it was like, had like rainbows coming out and that? Yeah. Uh, wait a second. Oh, I fuck I hate cats, but I love Pop-Tarts. So I'm torn on this one. Yeah. <laughs> like that was a good example. Like anybody could have just copied that GIF and released it as an NFT. But it was released by the original guy who made the GIF, right? Under gotcha. his yeah. name. Yeah. And because yeah. that's where it came from, that was like the lineage of it. Somebody paid like 250 grand for that NFT, which was just the GIF that anybody could find on the internet, right? Um, so we had a lot of these profile pick projects last year. People just making just thousands of animals, you know, awkward aardvarks and pudgy mm -hmm. penguins and, you know, the whole nine yards. And it, it was, it was crazy. Um, but at the end of the day, like a lot of what people like about art, what people like about even like cartoon, all this stuff, right? There, there's some elements of legitimacy to it. There is some sort of who made it? Why do I care about this? Is this something people have like liked for a long time? Is this art like incredible? Like we kind of like lost sight of that. So now we're having this return to trying to do NFTs in a way where there's like some lineage behind them, some legitimacy behind them. Right. So this is interesting because it's, it's actually done with the estate, right? So there's that, there's an actual tie in to, it's not like some kid in his room just launched yep. a, a biggie NFT, right? Yep. But the other thing that's interesting is this NFT has, it has utility. And I think this is an area of NFTs that's going to get like bigger and bigger, right? The idea that when you buy this NFT, like when you buy Gary V's NFT, it has utility because you can go to a basketball game with them and sit, you know, front row at the Knicks once a year. Right. right. Utility. Um, this gives you voting rights over, over licensing and it gives you the ability to use this track in a, mm -hmm. in a, in a particular way in your own music. So I think it's cool. I think it's really interesting. I think the NFT itself is, they did a nice job with it. They, they look nice. They got the legitimacy to them and they are making some attempts at doing useful things with NFTs instead of it just being like mindless, crazy speculation. So I'm into it. Well, speaking of being into it, uh, chills, the owner of the blockchain based fan rewards Chili's. platform. Oh fuck! This is, a, <laughs> this is a great time to announce that I learned how to read about. Don't six want the, hours don't want the listeners buying the wrong coin, you know. 
I mean, yeah, I don't think they should buy this coin either for the for the record. This looks like it says chills, but it, I guess there is two. There is an I in there. Chilies. It's tricky. Chilies, not to be confused with the uh, favorite place for recently divorced dads to go get fucked up. The owner of <laughs> blockchain-based fan rewards platform Socios.com has invested a hundred million dollars in FC Barcelona's NFT and metaverse efforts. The uh, the multi-based company. What is it? The Jazira. I don't know how to pronounce that word either, so I'm right there with you. I think Jazira is what it is. Multi-based <laughs> company whose uh, uh, blockchain network focuses on sports applications said Monday it acquired a 24.5% stake in Barca Studios, the Spanish soccer giant's digital content creation arm. Um, man, first of all, what are Chili's? What are Socios? And, um, and uh, will we get... Uh, a hit put on us for pronouncing Jazira wrong. Yeah, I, I, I can't comment on that, probably. But uh, I, Socios Chili. So, so Socios is this kind of um, crypto-based, like, fan rewards platform, right? Like, br- broadly speaking, like, as, like, a football club or a soccer club, sorry. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what we're supposed to say on this program. As a, as a club where they kick the ball with their feet, right? You can, you can release, like... Uh, tokens for your for your uh for your club right so you could have a barcelona or real madrid or i I know juventus in italy they have like their own coin right it's it's sort of like a currency that you can buy for your team um so socius like enables this um chili's i think is the is the token of so this shit's so confusing like socius is the platform and uh, chili's is like kind of like the currency on that platform that you use to do stuff. Um, so I, I'm not like, uh, I, I don't think this stuff is like incredibly revolutionary. Um, but I, I like that people are trying things. Um, I know that like different teams can have like, like if you buy the, your fan tokens, you can use them for merch. You can use them for, to get into special events for the team, uh, stuff like that. But, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's pretty cool that somebody is willing to, dump like so much money into this it, it tells me that somebody believes broadly speaking there is there is something here you know so there's got to be i mean now this just plays into my question then about the like the the mlb highlight uh nft game like there i guess has got to be something in the soccer world that is uh appealing right for them to do that yeah i mean there, there's been a lot of soccer NFT stuff. Um, did did you ever hear about NBA Top Shots by any chance? Yes. Yeah, it Go was on. it was sort of like uh, NBA cards, but on the blockchain, and it was it was huge. Like in early 2021, I, I had a friend who made like 100, 200 times his money on it in like a month, and then like immediately lost all of it because they they just they printed too many cards and they like they kind of all lost their value because they forgot about the whole uh, rarity thing right but we also had a similar thing in in soccer like there was a whole like fantasy soccer slash uh nft thing that can't God, i can't remember the name of it but it was it was pretty cool and it it it, it, it picked up a lot of steam and it became very popular it's a kind of a hybrid of like collecting cards collecting nfts and doing fantasy, right? You would have, right, you buy the right. NFT, it would have like a power up and then you could kind of like play your right. players against like other players. And, and I thought that was an, interesting. Um, I, I think like sports and NFTs are like a really, really good fit. Like people just need to figure synergy, out how yeah. to do it. Yep. Well, I think they're figuring it out. 
They're trying at least, and that's half the battle. G.I. Joe said that. You got to <laughs> fucking, you got to try. If you don't try, there is no try in do. Who said that? Nobody, because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but what does make sense is this podcast, which is why we do it. Steven, thanks for all the updates. Thanks for the info. Uh, thanks for the correct pronunciation of chilies. Got me hungry just thinking about it. And uh, guys, if you have uh, any questions, uh, make sure to, uh, for now, just hit us up. Uh, me at Instagram, Adam Ray Comedy, or uh, Adam Ray Comedy on Twitter. Steven, where are you? I am at Steven Cesaro on Twitter. Good luck spelling that, but I'm, I'm on there. Yep. If you can figure it out, send them a DM. If not, just send them to me and I'll send them to Steven. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week on What the Heck is Crypto.